given them a willingness to try and experience uh, some some new things. Uh, Harper loves to uh, make dumplings with the Chinese students. Um, that's something she's always enjoyed doing. Hunter loves learning about other games from other cultures. And so, yeah, it's just it's just a wonderful thing to have them uh, be a part of. Although many of us strive to be the best dad we can be, many physicians struggle with finding balance between their life at home and their life at work. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast, the show where we discuss topics involving our minds, bodies, beliefs, relationships at home, and upping our game with our business practices and financial knowledge to better improve our role as dad in the lives of those around us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, physician, husband, father to two boys, and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. Join me as I learn to raise my own imperfections within all these topics. Now, let's get to today's discussion. Hello and welcome to the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, and today's episode is an interview with a good friend of mine. His name is Jeremy Myers, and we're going to talk about how his job improves the one of the six Bs at home with his kids, and that is the, the beliefs and how he brings other cultures into their lives every single day. But before we get into that, let's hear from this week's sponsor. Hi, I'm Dr. Aaron Wiseman, and I'm here today to talk about Physician Coaching Alliance, otherwise known as PCA. This is a space dedicated to providing stellar coaching for our colleagues so you can do your best work in the world. We believe that in order to change the culture of healthcare as we know it today, all physicians and others working in healthcare need access to coaching. So we can help you find a coach, become a coach, or join our community of coaches to strengthen the work that you're doing. One value that I want to mention that we share in PCA is community over competition because gone are the days that we see each other as enemy. Instead, we believe working together is the key to success of the individual and the whole. So if you're coaching curious or a coach yourself, come on over to PCA. We'd love to see you there. All right. I'm here with Jeremy Myers. Jeremy, thanks for hanging out with me today. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah. So for those out there listening who don't know who you are, what you do, can you give a brief introduction on, on who you are and, and what your job title, I guess, is and, and what that entails? Yeah. So my name is Jeremy Myers and I am a campus staff minister at West Virginia University for University Christian Fellowship. Yeah. And from what I understand, you guys tend to work with um, international students coming to the university from other countries who maybe aren't familiar with the culture or what you do there. And so it's kind of talk about that a little bit. You know, how many students have you worked with and what do you guys typically do for them? Absolutely. Last year uh, before COVID, we had uh, 37 different countries represented. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yep. 134 yeah. students. That's great. That's really, really great. So that many countries and students represented there at the university, can you tell us what specifically you guys tend to do on a daily basis? There are uh, students from all different walks of life. Um, And so we uh, just want to love and care for them and provide practical needs uh, for a lot of them. Because most of them, when they come in, uh, usually don't have uh, some of the basic needs mm-hmm. like bedding. Uh, they usually struggle with transportation because most of them come from 
the larger cities where public transportation uh, is a lot more readily available. And so we try to offer things like uh, Walmart trips, uh, English conversation groups, rides to different places, maybe to go get some groceries or something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, just to really care for them um, as they transition into American culture and, and hopefully curb some of that culture shock that they're going to experience here in the United States. Gotcha. That's great. No, that's really, that's really useful. And I think that's definitely something I don't think everybody thinks about, you know, coming to a different country and sometimes those basic needs, basic ideas are are totally different here compared to where they came from. So I think that's, that's such a great resource that you guys have there. Um, And then you're a dad too. Why don't you kind of briefly explain what your family life looks like right now? Yeah. So uh, I've been married to my beautiful wife, Carla for 14 years. And I have a son, Hunter, who is 10, and a daughter, Harper, who is eight. Great. Yeah. And how do you feel like, you know, with what you're doing now um, is really, how do you feel like that's applying to home? Are, do you feel like your kids really understand like what you're doing and, and the, the, you know, the purpose of it and the beauty of it? Or how do you guys approach that at home? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeremy. So I think growing up, if we look back at my experience growing up, my father always had students from the university over at his house, Um, China, India, just to name two. There was quite a few other students, um, some from Africa. And as a part of their culture, they had a lot of desire to uh, reciprocate uh, what they felt that my dad was doing for them. And so they w- would usually make dinners for us mm-hmm. um, as a family. And so I, I had my, my first real experiences with, with international food and culture, you know, at a pretty early age. And I think in my opinion, it was pretty invaluable in helping me understand that there is a larger world out there um, and that our lives could be made a whole lot better when we understand um, and can experience uh, different cultures. And so as I now work with international students, my wife and I try extremely hard to really get the kids to be a part of what we're doing. So we invite students over to our house uh, to watch a movie uh, once a semester, call it Movie Under the Stars. And um, we have our children take part in it. Um, They put together some of the popcorn. Um, They'll set up some of the blankets out in our backyard where we set up uh, a projector uh, with a nice screen um, on our roof. It's essentially a bed sheet. Um, <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> and and uh, they they take part in it and they get to meet students. And I think it's been a, a really wonderful experience for them. Uh, it's given them a willingness to try and experience uh, some some new things. Uh, Harper loves to uh, make dumplings. 
nice. um, with the Chinese students. Um, that's something she's always enjoyed doing. Hunter loves learning about other games from other cultures um, that they do. And so, yeah, it's just it's just a wonderful thing to have them uh, be a part of. And then in the practical side, you know, with them taking foreign languages in school, you know, it's hard for them to understand why they're taking Spanish or why your son or daughter is taking Mandarin or, or whatever language they're teaching. Uh, but once they actually meet students who speak that language, um, and even in their limited vocabulary, are able to use those words that they've learned in school, um, it's actually made them much more excited about learning and trying uh, new languages. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great point because, you know, so many, I would say, yeah, so many kids in our country, especially in the United States, they don't get that international exposure so much. And a lot of times I'll see, you know, families or parents online be like, oh, I want to travel the world so I can expose my kids to all these different cultures. But essentially you're bringing all the cultures to you guys, which is really cool. I mean, it's, you know, well, you're saving money on plane tickets, which is good, <laughs> um, but you're getting them exposed to all these different, you know, traditions and countries and languages and, and types of people, which I think is such a really cool, a cool experience for them at such a young age already. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, helping them understand that there's a much larger world out there, I think is extremely beneficial, no matter where you stand uh, politically uh, during these times, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, people from other countries um, that could really uh, use some help. And, you know, being able to do something, you know, as simple as uh, helping them learn English or taking them to grocery shopping with you, you know, is always extremely helpful. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and for you, I guess we'll kind of backtrack here a little bit. For you as a dad, I know your background because I, I grew up with you a little bit there back in, you know, in our younger years. Um, but f um, for you growing up, who was who was your main guiding factor as as that dad figure? Did, was it your dad or was it a grandparent or a coach or a teacher? Who would you say really defined what you saw as a dad in your life? Yeah, um, I would say absolutely. It was, you know, my dad, you know, because we we spent a majority of our time after school in his office uh, doing homework um, while he was, you know, teaching or even when we were younger um, and he was working on his uh, doctorate, you know, spending time in his office um, just sort of playing around. So yeah, we, we had a lot of influence from my dad um, and, and his work ethic as you talked about with your dad working on a farm, my dad, you know, also worked on a farm. He was the oldest of uh, nine kids. So oh, wow. He had five brothers and three sisters. Yeah. And they were very poor growing up. And so he, he has an amazing work ethic, even to this day. Uh, sorry, dad, I'm going to be saying this, but <laughs> he's supposed to be retired. Um, and yet he isn't. So uh, that's just, you know, that's just the type of, of dad that he is. So, yeah, I think that's always interesting. I, I think that's, you know, I, the same thing Yeah, can be said with my dad, you know, as an OBGYN, he kept talking about how he was going to retire, retire, retire. And then it was just, it was this very slow 
um, process of, of actually finally getting there, I guess. But yeah, that work ethic's definitely ingrained very differently, I feel like, in their generation compared to probably our generation and then our kids too, just with what they experience and what they, what they see and what, you know, what they're used to. So hopefully he can pass that work ethic on a little bit to your kids and see how that goes. Yeah. Well, his love of baking definitely rubs <laughs> off on, on the, the, the kids. So that's, that is one thing. Yeah. So do you feel like, um, that experience with your dad, do you feel like that really prepared you to be a dad? Uh, that's a great question. Um, yes and no. So, you know, finding out that I was going to be a dad, um, you know, you, you can prep yourself, you can read the books, you can do everything you possibly can. But once Hunter was born, you know, it was a a completely different story. And, you know, I, I'd like to think that I, I did my best. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think there's really anything that can prepare you for, you know, having someone that you have to, um, just take care of and, and you want to make sure that you do everything correctly. And, you know, my son also, uh, is, a high functioning autistic. Um, And so it also took me a little while too, to to understand and realize, you know, what a parent um, of an autistic child is um, and what it means for me and how, how do I care well for him? And, and how can I learn more about uh, autism itself and, and how, yeah, how how I can just be the best that I possibly can. So, yeah, I think I don't think anything really, like you said, number one prepares you for being a dad. But then number two, when when your when your child is diagnosed with something like that, it's a totally different world um, in terms of what how you prepare for that, how you think about it. And I know we've talked off air and off recording about kind of how our how we've done with our kids and how we handle certain stressful situations and those kind of things. And even for you, you know, having two kids and we have two kids, both kids will respond completely differently there. Um, but throwing that, that diagnosis of autism really affects that even more. And so that definitely is not always easy to prepare for, but, um, luckily there's resources out there. Do you guys feel like you've, you've gotten pretty good resources where you guys are at for it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my wife, was really diligent in um, getting him connected to a program called birth to three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was able to, the program puts him into school at an earlier age um, so that he could uh, progress and learn. Um, and he luckily was able to stay with the same teachers for three years, three until K five. Mm-hmm. They really not just cared well for him, but uh, but worked hard with him. Really, it just made, you know, a a huge world of difference. Um, I think, you know, there are other therapies that that we have been doing with him, but, you know, getting him plugged in as early as possible with that diagnosis, I think was, was one of the, the huge pieces to his, his growth. So yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you guys have that resource there. That's that's really beneficial. 
So I'm glad you guys have that. You know, kind of changing gears here a little bit. You know, we talked a little bit about um, what you guys do on campus and working with the international students. And, and I know you obviously, again, I know you personally and in your background, you were raised Christian and, you, and you're a practicing Christian. How do you feel like that affects how you teach your kids about, you know, be- their beliefs, their kind of core sense of, you know, what is right, what is wrong? How do you, how do you, you know, handle other people of different, you know, faiths or nationalities? How do you, how do you feel like that's influenced you guys as parents, as well as how you teach your kids about it? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think anyone who has any kind of faith background um, understands that um, there are things that we try to do um, to live up to what we believe. And, and, you know, sometimes we, uh, as parents, you know, what, want what's best for them. And so we, we try to, to push them towards maybe believing something or, or another. And I think though that my wife and I specifically have really tried hard to give them an opportunity to learn, to ask questions, um, to be able to, to hear and experience some of the stories. And again, this is from my faith tradition, but you know, for uh, other uh, men that are out there could be, you know, other parts of their faith tradition, just some of the things that they've learned um, in the Bible, or, you know, just under, understanding how to care well for people. And so, yeah, we've, we've helped them explore that on their own. And have really encouraged them to take their time to, to ask the right questions. You know, even at the age and, and I want to encourage you, you men out there, no matter what age, even at eight and 10, um, children can be uh, very curious about a lot of things. Uh, they may just not be able to uh, verbalize it very well, but be able to talk to your kids about some of the things that they, they think, some of the things that they're passionate about, seeing, you know, where their, their, you know, their morals lie with. Um, different things, you know, the sanctity of life or, you know, what does it mean to lie or, you know, what does it mean to, uh, to steal from someone? You know, even these simple concepts, I think are very important to have those conversations with your children to find those underlying beliefs that they have and just continue to uh, nurture and, and, and help them develop those even deeper. And, you know, luckily for us, you know, we, we've, we've had our children, you know, make some significant decisions um, in their life, in their, their personal beliefs. But, you know, at the same time, if they were not in a position to say, yes, daddy, this is what I believe, or, you know, daddy, like, this is what I want to do. I would have been completely fine with that. Because as long as they continue to ask those questions, to seek, you know, what they, what they know to be true in, in their own personal beliefs. You know, I, there's nothing else that I could ask for. Yeah. I think those are all really good points. And that last one you made about making sure that it's your, your almost like your kid's choice or your kid's decision to to have those beliefs or to think that certain way, I think is really, really important because, you know, I talked when I do the episode on on the brain, 
and talk about how like when you come up with a thought to fix a situation, it has to be your thought. It can't be somebody else's. It, it's really, that's really important too on that core belief system because if you're just believing something because somebody told you that, so if mom or dad told me this, so I'm going to believe it, maybe that works for those little kids. But as they get older, you definitely see that if they don't have that strong understanding and personal belief about it, those that foundation of it tends to crumble a little bit. So I think that's that's good that you guys give your kids that kind of that leeway to to make their decisions on it, come up with what they believe in. And then obviously you guys are there to answer questions and help guide them along the way as they need it. So that's great. Absolutely. And, and again, as, you know, as a father, you know, you, you want to be, you want to be able to be there, um, you know, when they, when they have those questions, you know, understanding even deeper things uh, like my daughter, had a, a rabbit that just died a little while ago and was really devastated, but wanted to know about death and and what was what was after death. And you know, these some of these more deeper, these deeper thoughts that that you can have with your children, you know, they may not necessarily completely understand everything, but but being able to talk with them about it and helping them understand that it's okay to have those kinds of questions. It's okay to not understand, you know, why animals die or, or why things happen. But, but to ask the question, like, you know, what can you do? You know, and that's, you know, that's a whole other topic, Jeremy, for another time mm-hmm. um, about seeing things broken in the world um, that my children ask questions about. But that's, you know, that's another part as a dad you know, that, that to be equipped to have those conversations, even though they may be difficult, I think are really, really important to helping them in their, their belief system. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely been a lot this last year that our kids have probably asked questions about having to do with all kinds of things, politics and race and, and everything in between. And, those are definitely important questions. And like you said, those, those are a whole different episode and would take, we could talk hours on, on that part of it too. So, um, well, I guess, you know, for you with your background, um, what would you say would be one tip you have for either new dads, experienced dads with your history and, and what you've experienced as a dad? Yeah, I would, I would encourage new dads to, to really do two things. Um, and I, I think they're both equally important. One is give them an opportunity, raise them up in, especially the the faith tradition, you know, encourage them to grow up in that tradition, but also to encourage them to ask questions on their own. Uh, That's the first part. And the second part is, is just be flexible, be flexible in understanding that kids especially when it comes to their beliefs it's going to take time they 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 may not have the the same beliefs that you do or they they may not have the same critical understanding that you do but just to be there to to answer those questions even if you don't know the answer i've always learned that saying i don't know and trying to look at it together has always been really helpful. 
but just being flexible in, in helping them through that whole experience. That's good. I like that. That's a, it's a good tip. I think for all of us, no matter experienced or new. So I really appreciate that. Well, Jeremy, thanks again for taking time out of your day. I know things aren't always easy and, and things can be busy. So I appreciate you taking this time to talk with me about dad life and, and, you know, how you guys work on those, those core beliefs with your kids. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. I'd just like to thank Jeremy again for getting on the show with me today, another Jeremy, and discussing his life as dad and talking about, number one, his job and how he's bringing all these other cultures into his children's lives. You know, I hear so many times about people wanting to save money so they can travel the world with their kids and expose them to all these cultures, but he's doing it in his own backyard, which is, I think, incredible. Now, the other thing I really appreciate him talking about is kind of his their family's history with their son who has autism and, and their experience with that, because I think that's a topic we maybe don't talk about that as much even as physician dads sometimes we feel like we got it all under control and we got it figured out but sometimes it's good to just talk about it so i think those two topics were really great to talk about today and again i really appreciate him coming on the show to discuss it if you appreciated that episode make sure you subscribe leave a review share it with a friend who you think might get some benefit out of it as we wrap up today, if you are coaching curious or a coach yourself, I encourage you to go check out Physician Coaching Alliance at drpodcastnetwork.com slash physiciancoachingalliance. Okay, guys, have a great week. Remember, embrace the imperfection, and I will see you next time. My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.